Welcome back to The Real Slim Fady Show. I am your host, Fady Hawatma. And today I am beyond stoked to have my new brother from another mother, my absolute homie, Will Lopez from Gusto. Will, how are you doing? Hey, doing great, Fady. Thank you so much for having me on the on the show. We've known each other for a couple years now, over a couple years. We've we've exchanged emails, had a couple calls, and at QuickBooks Connect, a couple days early, you know, QuickBooks Connect in Vegas, literally walking through the, you know, right outside the hotel, walked past each other. It's like, wait, you're Will Lopez. It's like, wait, you're fatty. You're and immediately just invited myself to hang out with you and and our buddy Tony Trippiano. Yeah, and that was literally how we met. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think so. T- I met up with Tony Tropiano is my old business partner. We actually had a firm together, and then we kind of went our separate ways about two, three years into the firms. But we stayed, we stayed good friends ever since. And I convinced him to come to QBC, and I said, "Hey, come a day earlier, so that way we, you know, you and I can hang out. We can just kind of chill before things get really busy." And I think that evening we decided let's walk over to the Cosmo. So on the bridge on the way over to the Cosmo. You know, we're walking towards the Cosmo. You're walking back <laughs> towards Aria. And then you're like, hey, are you Will Lopez? I'm like, yeah, what's up? And so we started chatting and I'm like, hey, you want to join us for the rest of the night? Like, we're just doing nothing. We're just hanging out. Yeah. So it was serendipitous, man. It was really cool. Yeah. No, that, I, I absolutely love that. And the funniest thing. So this was my first QuickBooks Connect. I had always thought accounting conferences were exactly like everyone else listening would have ever thought an accounting conference would be. But I have never had more fun in my life, legitimately, <laughs> especially at a conference, than the week that we had at QuickBooks Connect. And I, I will never miss another QuickBooks Connect for sure. Yeah. I think that week too was probably the best week of my life. It's been a long time since I've gone to a conference and really hung out with some pretty incredible people. I mean, I hang out, you know, our group is has a lot of great people out there and a lot of accounts yeah. are amazing. But for some reason that week, it just kind of all clicked and we all enjoyed each other's company all the more. You know, we spent a lot of time, you know, having lunch and dinner together. You know, we enjoy the nightlife there all around Vegas together. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely in the top three. In fact, probably top one as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. I think... What one of the coolest things that I absolutely loved, which is I think is why you and I clicked right off the bat, was just genuine, being genuine, being vulnerable. And that's kind of what I what I want to set the theme of this conversation is what does it even mean to be vulnerable? What does it mean to be genuine? I know when I first started my whole career in running my own company and doing all this, I always thought being vulnerable meant like this boasting of grind and hustle and all this bullshit that you see from yeah. all these people out there. But being vulnerable legitimately means like there's no walls you're hiding behind. And I think you are literally the epitome of being a professional, genuine, vulnerable person. So tell me your your thoughts on it. Like what what does being vulnerable and being genuine mean to you? Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for thanks for the kind words. You know what's interesting to me is so I'm a big fan of quotes, Fatty, and I love the quote from Bob Marley, where he basically said, you know, being vulnerable is the only way to allow your heart to feel true pleasure. And so, 
you know, I've always looked at vulnerability as a massive asset and not a liability. There was a TED talker that came to Augusto to kind of talk to the company and she had a book called, I think, Being Vulnerable or it was something called Maximizing Vulnerable or Achieving Vulnerability. But it's around this theme of actually some of the most successful people in the world are very awkward. Oh, it's called Embracing Awkward, are very awkward and mm. that awkwardness puts them in a very vulnerable state. And she gave example after example after example of you know famous actors and very successful business people just being awkward and people endear awkwardness and vulnerability. And so I think approaching life, approaching your work in a vulnerable state has huge upsides. The downsides, and I, and I think this is why a lot of people aren't vulnerable, is you know some people fear rejection. Some people fear that their opinions are not going to be accepted. People fear that they're just not going to land well whenever they share thoughts or plans or strategies. But it it shouldn't be the case to do something like that. So you know, I know that Augusto during my time here, there's a trainer called Francis Fry that helped a lot of our executives here, including myself, on how to build and rebuild trust or building a high performing company with trust as the foundation. You know, the triangle has three edges. It's like authenticity, empathy, and logic. Authenticity is like, are people experiencing the real me? And if they are, they're going to believe me and they're going to see that I'm not a fake, right? Empathy, right? Am I, am I in it for others when I'm in that moment, right? I believe you care about me and my success is kind of the response that people give. And then logic, that is, am I kind of rigorous in my thinking? Like, am I authentic, but just an absolute idiot? Or am I authentic? And the other person says, well, I know you can do it. You're very authentic about it. Your reasoning and judgment is sound. And so, you know, I think a lot of things need to come together to maximize vulnerability. But for the most part, I love to approach things in a very, very vulnerable state, which puts my reputation at risk many times, which puts, you know, my opinions at risk. But it's it's a risk I'm willing to take. I absolutely love that. I think the key to that is being able to take the response from being vulnerable as well. I think when, you know, people are always scared. It's always, everyone always wants to be accepted. They want to be loved. Yeah. I don't care if someone wants to say, oh, don't give a shit what people think. Yes, you do. Right. Because if you didn't care what people think, you wouldn't fucking say that. You care what people think, right? Everyone wants everyone to cares. feel some sort of acceptance. Everyone cares. And when you care, but then you know how to receive the feedback, good or bad, good and bad, there's always going to be bad. The good and the bad, if you know how to receive it and be like, you know what, I don't, I, I genuinely hear what you're saying, but I don't give a shit to change myself based on that negative feedback or, hey, this is good feedback. I could take it negatively, but I'm actually going to take it positively and you can always grow and adapt. But I think the people that, you know, want to be out there and they want to put this front of, oh, I'm vulnerable and I don't care. I'm going to say shit that's off the wall and that it's like, <laughs> you're, it's all an act. It's all yeah. an act. You're not being vulnerable. You're you're full of shit. It is all an act. And you hit it on the head. You got to embrace both positive responses and negative responses. Fatty, it's taken me a long time and a lot of professional training to learn how to embrace negative feedback really, really well. And, you know, and a lot of it, I think, is like perception shifting, right? You know, when it comes to owning a business, your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. The moments in your life that build the most character are generally the worst moments of your life. You know, some of the greatest insights you'll ever see from anything are when people just disagree with what you're with what you're thinking about or sharing. 
So it, it takes it takes a lot of skill to not take those things personally. And I think a lot of it has to do with just reframing in your mind what is really underneath the surface here. You know, you're not just, you know, trying to compete against my own personality. Maybe you are, but in all of that, there's just like massive gold nuggets as far as I'm concerned. And I'd look at like negative feedback making us better instead of bitter. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. I think there's so much beauty in criticism. You know, there's, yeah, there's really beauty is. because you'll either learn to adapt or you'll learn to be like, you know what? Those are the kind of people that I don't care to adapt to or adapt for. And you have a real understanding because when I started, dude, when I, when I started clockwork, I was a completely different person. And every single month I was changing and learning and adapting mm-hmm. and sometimes for the worst. You know, sometimes for the worst, because when you get put under immense pressure, that's when you really find out your insecurities and you really find out like, oh, shit, what am I actually made of? Right. And, you know, starting clockwork was by far the most, I'll say growing clockwork was by far the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, like hands down. And I've, I've literally had three near death experiences come back from those, you know, most ridiculous situations. And clockwork is the one thing that legitimately took years off my life. (laughs) And the person that I was, was completely different. And people meet me now and they're like, man, I remember you this way. Or I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the old fatty. You know, that's, that's not me anymore. And now, you know, I genuinely don't think people can change. I think people find layers of themselves who they are at their core. And I think that's what immense pressure does. It just cracks at those layers and gets you to be who you really are, which is the beauty of vulnerability. Because I think if Fatty and Will ran into each other in the lobby of the Aria five years ago, I don't know if we would have clicked as well as we did. I mean, we, we clicked and like like we've known each other for our entire lives and that's because we've both done the work on ourselves to crack all that all the layers of the bullshit to be right. who we really are and actually showed each other who we really are like oh shit we actually align so well on the stuff that we stand for that it it makes sense you can make lifelong friends in your 30s in your 40s and right. it doesn't have to be a different situation Oh, that's absolutely right. I mean, look, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I i don't want to state my age <laughs> for people to like, you know, get, well, I'm kidding, I'm 40. But like, you know, at this point- I'm 35, I'm 35, so I'm not okay, far I got, I'm your elder a little bit. I've been through worse shit than just trying, like meeting some guy on the street and saying, hey, I'm Will, you're, you know, you're fatty, right. let's go hang out, right? And so, yeah. you know, I think what you're really tapping into there is we've been around the block around difficult stuff. Difficult stuff. I mean, there's, I could count, you know, three dozen hard moments in my life that can clearly overshadow any little moment of, of vulnerability or awkwardness, right? Like I've been through a lot yeah. worse than blushing, <laughs> you know? And yeah, so I think, yeah. you know, I, I think it, it takes a lot of experience to understand and to contextualize that like vulnerability, awkwardness, those kind of things, those aren't biggies, man. Like being awkward or vulnerable is not going to kill you. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to ruin your health. It has no physical impact on your life unless you like really struggle with anxiety. Then that's a different case. But you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's yeah. so intangible that 
yet it's it's the one thing that everyone runs away from. And it's it's pretty shocking to me that people do that because like I said, some of the some of the best moments or forging moments are, are in those moments, right? Are in the being vulnerable and 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 just embracing it. Yeah. I think you're I think you're spot on that people run away from it. And what's funny is yeah. so many people have always said, so many people have asked me, who is fatty outside of clockwork? And I'm like, fatty that you meet here is fatty that you meet yeah, on there. every single day. And I always say like, I'm always on brand, but it's not clockwork brand. It's fatty brand. Everyone has their own brand. Every person has a brand. I don't care if you're an influencer or not. You have a personal brand. Whether people yeah, totally. get to actually know your brand and who you are is is a completely different story. But I am who I am through and through every single day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You'll never not know the real fatty. doesn't matter right. when you catch me. Sometimes I have good days. Sometimes I have bad days. Sometimes you know, I'm angry or whatever, but like, I'm a positive person because of all the negative shit that I've been through in my life. Like you, right there, you can, you can always point back and be like, we've been through some shit. So now you throw me into an awkward conversation. I guarantee that's not going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to me. No, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Like, you know, a lot of people run from those moments and I'll give you like a great example. So I've had some friends have some difficult conversations regarding their jobs at and, and their employers and, you know, trying to consult them and, and comfort them. And they said, well, what do you think I should do? And I said, well, quite honestly, I think a lot of people, when they find themselves in these like really tough job moments where you got to have really serious conversations, what they generally do is they bounce and they go to another job that doesn't have that kind of feeling, right? That kind of environment. And I don't think people should do that. I think people should meet those moments head on whether it goes in your favor or not is irrelevant. The gain here is that you actually embrace those moments, you have those difficult conversations, and then your character develops as a result of it, right? Maybe it goes in your favor. Maybe it doesn't. For me, I think that's very, very irrelevant. What the opportunity is, is just to grow your personality and and actually to embrace really tough moments. And so, like I said, like like you said, being vulnerable is not a big deal if you've been through a lot of shit. I've been through a lot of shit. You've been through a lot of shit. Vulnerability is, at this point, is more of an asset than anything. Secondly, people love when you're vulnerable, man. People relate a lot faster when you're vulnerable. And if you do it in the right way, and if you do it in good lighting, like you can gain a tremendous amount of traction through being vulnerable. You know, I I mentioned that I generally put a lot of my reputation at sort of risk in order to achieve vulnerability. You know, maybe there's some thoughts that I'm sharing that people don't like. Maybe, you know, I'm throwing shade over here, you know, to this company or that company, but it's okay because I, I believe in what I believe and I stand for my principles. And I think those reflect, let's say, an industry that I love. And so that may put me at risk. But at the end of the day, when people see the real you and they're like, yep, it's authentic. Sure, he has an opinion or she has an opinion. At the end of the day, people are going to really relate to that. So, you know, it's it's also, in my opinion, like a great foundation of how to build a high performing team, especially at a, at a company or a software company or accounting firm. I think it's hilarious when I look at someone's resume, someone's LinkedIn, and every year they're leaving to a new job. And right. you see all this bullshit on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn of, 
leave your job and every year and you'll double your re- yeah sure you'll make more money but no one with any quality is ever going to hire you yeah. you can you can absolutely make a ton more money by switching from job to job a thousand percent if you want to make six figures within a couple years of graduating switch jobs it's the easiest way to make more money but guess what are you going to do anything substantial is anyone that is doing something like clockwork like gusto like any of the other really impactful companies are they going to give a shit to hire you fuck no they are right. not going to hire you because what you proved is that you run from anything that's difficult. And so these people that the second that anyone applies to a clockwork position and you're not at jobs for over three years in increments, you're out. I don't care how, I don't care if you have Harvard, Stanford, MBAs, I don't care what your resume is. If you're not (laughs) at jobs for at least three years, I'm not even looking at you. And especially for the foundational team, right? Everyone wants to come in and they're like, I want, equity. I want this. I want that. I'm like, you're not even going to stay here long enough to vest any equity. Why are you arguing about equity? Right. And that changes things. Yeah, it does. It does change things. I mean, you know, there's some folks that bounce around for good reasons and there's some folks that bounce around for questionable reasons. Right. And you, and you hit it on the head. And so I, 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 you know, once again, those kind of moments, like if it's bouncing around because the employer is a rough place to work at, you know, what did you do to not make it so rough for yourself and for your team? You yeah. know, how did you try to change the culture of that company? You know, what what efforts did you pour into that process that you undoubtedly had to say to yourself, I can't do this anymore? Right. And so it's it's those it's those characteristics kind of behind the scene, not so much the switching that that I try to look at, right? Like, are you are you just trying to like ladder up, like you said, compensation wise? Or is there something kind of deeper here of like, you don't like combativeness or anything like that? There's a there's an awesome value, Fatty, at Gusto called debate then commit. And the whole idea is actually- So we have disagree and commit, by the way. Oh, love that. look at that. That's awesome. Yeah. So basically yeah. debate and commit at Gusto is, look, we want to we wanna question respectfully. We want to engage thoughtfully. But once a decision is made, we kind of like move forward quickly. And so the whole idea is debate is a good thing. Dissension is a good thing. Debate is even better when both sides are vulnerable. Like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's why I'm thinking, you know, be bold, be brief, be backed is what our old CEO, Lexi Reese, used to tell us. And, you know, the other side shares their knowledge, right? And so the the whole game is just to put shit to the side and say, let's land on something that's going to work as a team and kind of move forward as quickly as possible. I think a lot of people run from those situations because they think debate shouldn't exist or disagreement shouldn't exist. And so they think, you know, everything should just fall in step and lock and key. And that's just never, never, never the case. And so, you know, for me, I appreciate, you know, what, at least what I've been experiencing the past four and a half years at Gusto, which is, you know, really trying to build a solid foundation for team members to kind of marry both their passions, their commitments, and along with their performance, right? And you got to be a vulnerable leader at Gusto. You you have yeah. to put yourself last and put your team forward. You also have to create psychological safety and trust with that team, right? Which I think vulnerability is a big piece in that, right? All team members should feel safe to take risks and and be vulnerable in front of each other, right? If you don't have that, you're never going to have good cohesion within a team. I absolutely love that. 
And there, I mean, there's a reason that Gusto's killing it, right? Gus, <laughs> payroll is nothing new. You know, right. payroll, who people have been getting paid forever. There's nothing to reinvent the wheel, but Gusto did it because they did it the right way and they continue to do it the right way with the, with the right people. Right. Um, I think for me, one of the funniest things was starting clockwork. The first thing I ever did was create the company values. I had no employee. Mm. It was literally me. And I created company values because I'm like, what do I want to stand for? And right. what do I what do I want the culture of the company to be at? And you know, you see you see these people, and I think you were spot on. The characteristics of the people that jump from job to job to job and ladder climb along. There are a lot of fucked up employers and there's a lot of yep. shitty companies out there. Yep. I will never ever argue people moving because the shit companies lied to them, the leaders lied to them, people move, right. blah, blah, blah. One thing that I always want to challenge people and push them on is, did you actually go to your limit? And a lot of people think that their mm. limit is their limit, but they have like 20%, 30% left in the tank. And right. that's really when you find who you are and what your limit is. People always ask me, how do you deal with so much bullshit? How did you go with clockwork so far and so, you know, bootstrapped it for so, and it was so difficult and that... Because my tank is 100%. And I right. know what the tank actually means when it's empty. People think that you're burnt out. You're not burnt out. And you can go another 20%. Yeah, And people think that you've had enough, but you haven't had enough. So that's yes. why running away is not a great idea. Because you need, you need to find yourself in situations that convince you that you actually have way more in the tank than you believe you do. Right? And so yep. you got to embrace those moments in order to really test yourself out. Absolutely. And and I was a band nerd in middle school and high school. So I, I played the percussion. So the drums and all that kind of stuff. So a cool version of the band nerd, but I was right. 100% a nerd. And one of the most memorable lessons I ever had in all of school was my teacher said to raise your hand. Everyone in the class raised their hand. And then he goes, raise your hand a little more. And then everyone raised it a little more and then raised a little more. And then everyone raised a little more. He goes, and he asked us this for like 10 times. Wow. And he goes, every single time I asked you, you guys all raised it a little more. Mm. And he goes, that's how people know their limits. Because when you're at that limit and you ask yourself, do it a little more, do a little more. And you can do a little more. You can go another day. You can go another rep. You know, you're a big into CrossFit. I was huge into weightlifting in college. When I'm doing a rep and you have a spotter, right? It's always the easiest thing to just spotter take it. But you know what? You're not going to get stronger if your spotter grabs it and helps you push that fucking final rep. Go for right. another rep. Finish that out. That's when you're going to actually get smart and get strong and get more experienced. Arnold Schwarzenegger, by far one of the most impactful, whether you like him or not, by far one of the most impactful humans that have ever lived. Oh, yeah. His mindset was very much like Muhammad Ali, where Muhammad Ali says, I don't start counting reps until it starts hurting. Ooh. That's when you know you're actually fucking making a difference. Dude, that's, 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 when you know that's pretty baller right there. Changing. I love that. That's so good. That's pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you have that mentality, take it, you know, personal, professionally, you have that mentality on all these things. Like I always tell my team, like, be unfuckwithable. You know, do not <laughs> let anyone 
have the ability to fuck with you because your mentality is so on lock because you're constantly right. challenging yourself. Right. And don't let someone put you in an uncomfortable position because you've never been there before. Let right. someone put you in an uncomfortable position because you chose to be in that uncomfortable position and you level up yourself. I mean, plus one million, right? Like you got to embrace that yeah. ownership mentality. You you got to take initiative to leave things better than you found them. You got you need to really understand what your potential is. And like you said, like I do CrossFit and I'm constantly pushing myself to the edge. I mean, after every freaking workout that I do, swear, I ask myself, I should get a medal for this because I just left it all yeah. out there. Like every every day, I'm like, where are my medals? Because I gave it 100%. I knew exactly where I was good at and where I wasn't. I knew exactly how to execute to my greatest potential. I may not come in first, but at least I came in in a place that you know I was proud of, right? And I think a lot of that just takes mm -hmm. a lot of self-confidence. And once again, these things aren't going to kill you. And I think there's a lot of delusion out there that, you know, these moments, you know, being vulnerable, having awkward conversations, right? Like just bad moments that these things are going to kill you. They're not going to kill you. They're actually just going to make you stronger. Yeah. These are the real things that don't kill you that will make you stronger, right? Versus, I don't know, being like crazy and dumb and I don't know, you know running a motorcycle off a mountain. Maybe that, that'll definitely probably kill you. Yeah. But, you know, these <laughs> other moments that are so intangible, that are mental, that are heart, that are like characteristic, you know, in your favor, these things are not going to hurt you. So if you embrace them and just yeah. jot down your learnings, I used to do that a lot. Like, what did I learn from this? I even got into role-playing, to be honest with you. I believe in mentorship 100%. I love being a mentor. I love to mentor other individuals. And I always, for myself, I always embraced um, role-playing whenever something didn't go well, right? So like, here's what that person said. Here's what I said. You know, there was a little bit of dissension or just kind of disagreement that kind of left the situation in kind of a little bit of a worse state. I would actually go to my mentor and I said, let's role play this. I want to go through this whole awful experience once again and just like, let me try to think through um, what I should have done that I should do better next time. And so as long as you take ownership of all of that, find somebody, find a friend, find a colleague, role play, you know, say like this didn't work out or. You're going to have a difficult situation with your boss. Find a colleague. Say, hey, you're the boss. I'm me. Let's role play this thing. So that way I can actually walk in that room, gain control of myself and not find the situation so awkward. I'm in the same camp with you. I cannot oversell mentorship. Everyone needs yeah. to have a mentor. I don't care what stage. Everybody needs to have a mentor. Uh, like Jeff Bezos probably has a mentor. Literally every single person needs a mentor throughout their entire life. And I think one of the most important things is when you're vulnerable. So I'm Jordanian Christian and my mom prays a ton and keep in mind, less than 1% of the Jordanian population in the world is Christian. Is so Christian, we, yeah. we, we take it. Yeah. We take it very seriously. And my mom prays all the time. And there's a, there's a prayer in Arabic basically it says like, may the snakes leave you. Like may the snakes not even find you. And one of the things that I've noticed and I've, I've lived in my life is the more vulnerable you are, the more those snakes hate vulnerability. So mm. you'll have very shitty people that are in your life that you don't even know are snakes and they'll be your best friend. They'll be your whoever. But if you're not vulnerable, they can't, they literally love people who aren't vulnerable. 
The right. second you start showing vulnerability, you'll attract the right people in your life and you'll expel the people that you don't want anywhere near you. So yeah. be vulnerable. And it's literally the attractant of good shit and the, you know, whatever the fuck the opposite of attractant is, it, it gets rid of all the bad people that you don't want in your life and it expels them. You may go through very difficult times, but in the long run, it's better for you to get rid of them and never have to deal with them. Yeah. And quite honestly, the more you're vulnerable, the less the bite hurts. Like people can't control yeah. you when you're vulnerable. Like what are they trying to control anyways when a lot of other stuff bounces right off of you because you know yourself, you're very self-confident in, in many senses. You've kind of gained a, a methodology of how to apply that vulnerability in a way that, well, things don't don't really come back to bite you in many senses, right? And so I think vulnerability is, is a massive superpower. It can reflect a lot off of you. It can attract a lot to you. It's, it's one of those things that I think why accountants at least struggle with marketing. Right. Like they struggle with marketing because it's, it's, it's marketing, in my opinion, is a very vulnerable position to be in. You gotta, you gotta market yourself in a way that people love. I mean, people try to fake it too much and then people don't see the authenticity behind the firm. And it just sounds too crisp, too clean, you know, just too shiny in a way that, that doesn't make sense. Right. Because people have flaws. And so if you're putting out an image that, you know, is flawless. There's definitely yeah. something going on here behind the scenes, right? And so, you know, yeah. absolutely agree with you. Yeah, no, I love that. And I know we can talk for literally hours and hours and hours, but <laughs> I'm going to, uh, my final thought is that's why I've named this podcast The Real Slim Fady Show, right? Right. It was obviously a phenomenal play on words. Eminem. Dude, is kudos, major kudos. Cause when I first heard <laughs> the, the, the name of the show, I was like, this brother is creative and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that that was that was it. You know, Eminem is the absolute goat. And yes. you know, when I looked at it, people, I was like, "Well, how do I pronounce your name? Is it Fatty or is it Fady?" I was like, "Well, if I want to be cool and make my podcast the Real Slim Fady Show, it's Fady. But if I'm, you know, in the streets, it's Fatty." But the right. real answer is, I was a fat ass kid growing up. I was a very overweight child, and growing up in America, so I was born in Jordan, moved to the U.S. as a kid. Growing up in America, named Fatty was a nightmare. And that's, oh, that's an I understatement. I can only imagine, right? man. I, ugh, I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> a, a nightmare. And the only reason Fatty ever became a pronunciation of my name is because when I was in middle school, one of the first kids I met who became my best friend all through, all through high school, he literally goes, dude, I love you. I'm not going to call you Fatty. He goes, there's no way I'm going to be able to like actually call you fatty. He goes, what could I call you? He goes, I was like, fatty's my name. What do you mean? He goes, well, could I, could I call you fatty? And I'm like, sure. I don't give a shit, you know? And so right. fatty has always stuck as my quote unquote white people name. That's my, that's my, <laughs> that's my white person name. Right. And it's been renamed. When, when I'm out there, like, yeah, yeah. And so now, you know, I mean, you know my health my health journey. I've lost almost 100 pounds. Major, major shit. You. you look phenomenal. Uh, I appreciate that out of you. Trying to try to get on your level. Um, but, <laughs> I'm sure you, you know, phenomenal it was, beforehand. So, dude, you're just a great individual. I, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I was just a little, a little fluffier. It looked like I was wearing a fat suit. But that really was, you know, me losing all this weight was definitely a, a comeuppance now because – 
not only not only obviously I'm a lot fitter and I look I look a lot healthier and I am a lot healthier, but now I feel like I can go back to my name. You know, when people are like, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great, I'm fatty. And they don't look at me like I'm calling myself fat anymore. Mm. And it's always funny. And it's been such a mental shift for me that I get to be myself again. I get to be fatty. I don't have to be this fake, oh, my name's Fatty. No, my name's not Fatty, right? My name's Fatty and I was born fatty and I will ever for now people, you know, they look at me and they're like, oh, shit, he's going to beat my ass if I think he's fat. But I used to be a fat kid, right? And so things have so many meanings as you go through your life and go go through experiences. And it's all about how you how you turn out in the end and how you take those and learn. That's really what vulnerability and being genuine means. And that's where you find friendships like the one that you and I stumbled upon, you know, uh, just in the last few weeks. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, bro. Like I, I mean, I could I could only imagine the combination of, you know, your situation and your name and stuff like that. But, you know, like I said, you've been through a lot of tough shit. I've been through a lot of tough shit. And I think you're getting to the place of like, man, you know, now I can kind of get back a little bit to who I really am because of just enhancing my health and making it better and all that kind of fun stuff. It's it's great stuff, man. It's inspiring. Well, I appreciate it. Well, you are legitimately one of my favorite people ever. <laughs> absolutely respect the heck out of you. And I, I think what you've done is unbelievable. And if people do not know Will Lopez, you need to know Will Lopez. You're not missing out. You're um, not missing out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, thank you so much, man. We'll, we'll absolutely have you back again. This was, this was phenomenal. You're, you're an unbelievable guy. And this was, this was great. And the power of power of being vulnerable. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Well, congrats on the show. Congrats on clockwork and you know, you have a solid solution and you're an incredible leader and I'm sure your team really kind of looks up to you. So job well done, man. Greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you guys, everyone, for tuning in to The Real Slim Fatty Show. <laughs> I'm your host, Fatty Owatma, and we'll catch you next time. See you.